Hi guys, welcome back to Previously Gifted. I am back. I have finally left camp. Did it feel like an eternity? Yes. Was it actually a good number of months? Yes, so I think it's fair to call it that. Um, anyway, yes, I am back on Long Island. I am back in our appartement, and um, it's wild. We actually got rid of a lot of our stuff because we didn't anticipate coming back and being here because um, our lease ended in August and now we're extending it a teeny bit. But anyway, um, all of our decorations are gone. So it kind of feels like when I first moved in here with Nathan and at that point he had only gotten like the basics, the bed, a dresser, that's it. <laughs> and everything's black and white. So we feel very Ikea, very Scandinavian in here. Um, but it's good. It, I mean, it's comfy and we've got everything we've need. We've, we've, we've needed. And uh, it's just a little bare, you know? My posters are gone. My pics are gone. My hang-up calendar that kind of pulled some plaster off the wall is gone. But that's okay. So we're starting a new era. Um, I'm going to be here, what, until the middle of October, and then we'll travel, and then we'll go to England. So I've got to enjoy my time here as much as I can, and then who knows what the future holds. Anyway, today I've got quite a few things to discuss, or more like a few. Um, I want to talk about a question from a patron, a question from a patron about homesickness while studying abroad. And then I want to touch on the beauty guru drama, in case you're unfamiliar. The beauty community on YouTube has been going absolutely apeshit. Over what? I'll get into that. Um, and then, of course, I have to talk about the Colin Kaepernick and Nike um, thing, the situation. And then I may have time for some more movie reviews. Because your girl has been watching way too many movies. I just thought of another one that I've got to add to the list. And before we get started, got to give a shout out to my patrons. I f I'm sorry, I feel weird right now because I'm sitting in such a different spot. The wall that I usually record on is behind the camera, but it's completely white. And I just felt like without my Bernie poster tapestry. Um, it's just not a good spot for the pod right now. So I was like, why don't I go over here and show off um, my clothes rack, some of my colorful items. Oh, I've got this black dresser, Ikea. Everybody loves that. A little stack of books that I can never finish reading. That's what we're showing off today. Anyway, also I have the window open, which is absolutely rare. Um, to let in some natural light in addition to my ring light, which just combines and makes me look as pale as I am. Let's be real. But anyway, I'm like expecting someone to walk by. Yesterday, I recorded the first 20 minutes of this podcast and then a gardener came by blowing leaves and stuff and didn't stop for an hour. And by the time he was done, I was over it. So here I am doing it again. Anyway, let's give a shout out to the patrons, okay? In case you don't know, you can go to patreon.com slash previously gifted if you want to support the podcast and have access to bonus podcast episodes. We have a new patron named Theodora C. Theodora. I kind of feel like it is pronounced like Theodora, but then I'm also like, well, when they put an H in there, so it's just Theodora. I'm going to call her T because that's my nickname. I think T is my nickname that only I call myself. And then sometimes McKenna or Nathan will call me T. But like, 
I have given myself that nickname. So what's up, Theodore? We have the same nickname. And as always, I gotta give it... This is when I remind myself to, to breathe, idiot. Um, sorry, I'm being very hard on myself right now. This is how the beginning of the podcast always is, okay? I'm like, okay, let's go in. Let's go loosey-goosey. Let's be crazy so that the people know we're going to go. We're going to get started on a roll. Um, but then it's the opposite. I get started and I, I fail to be able to complete sentences. Because I'm like, I just want you guys to stick around. The podcast gets so good if you can handle the first 30 minutes every episode, you know? That's how it is, okay? It's not easy to get into the swing of things. I go from not talking to anyone for many hours in the morning to doing this. It's a, it's a 180, okay? Anyway, our sponsors. These are my favorite people. No offense, no offense, but they just are because that there has to be favorites. You have to pick favorites. And they they do pay me on Patreon. So I love you guys. Thank you for supporting the podcast and thank you for helping me pay my bills. Thank you so much. We have Hannah Baker, Lauren Thomas, Kristen Ellert, Eric Courtright, Lily Dillon, Liz Walsh, and love you. Love you guys. Thank you so much for your continued support. And thank you for listening, really, mostly. Everyone, all of you who are listening right now, thank you so much. That makes me feel so warm. It makes me feel so warm. Okay, let's start with this question from a patron. I'm not going to name names because I don't know if she wants me to, but it's a girl. Congratulations. Um, How to deal with homesickness slash loneliness while studying abroad. She told me like her little story, but I didn't want to share that yet. So I'm just going to do the vague deets. That's not what details are. If it's vague, it's not detailed. All right. (laughs) Loneliness slash homesickness while studying abroad. And she's in a long distance relationship with her boyfriend back home. So for this semester while she is away, they're long disty, you know, it's not easy. So (sighs) homesickness while studying abroad. She was saying how she hasn't really made friends yet. And obviously that is the first step to not feeling lonely. But I know it's easier said than done because like for me, I had a group that right away we met each other and had to do certain tasks like open bank accounts together. So that really made it like such a natural thing for all of us to be friends and do things as a group of like 10 girls. Um, But I know that it's difficult to arrive um, abroad, wherever that is and not have like a set group to at least get started (laughs) hanging out with. Um, But of course you have people in your classes and I I guess it, it depends on your language skills or I don't know, the whole vibe of the place, but um, like I pretty much <laughs> didn't have any actual French friends because again, I was in, um, in a course with only other international students. So literally like I did not ever have a class with an actual French person. And uh, naturally the English speakers tend to stick together out of laziness. You know, after all those French classes, we just wanted to speak our native tongue, you know? So I was friends with um, Australians, Canadians, and Americans while in France. How classic. (laughs) Wow, really immersing myself in that experience. But anyway, sorry, enough about me. Um, You can try to befriend the the natives at your school, um, but I can... 
I can expect that that's a little bit more difficult because obviously, you know, there's possibly language barriers, but also people just already have their crew and they don't really think like, oh, maybe I should go seek out international students who are here for a semester and see if they want to be friends. There are some clubs for that, though. So look into that. My school had like a, a club where French kids would come and hang out with us. <laughs> oh, no, I'm dying. It was nice is what I was trying to say. And now I'm coughing. <sighs> it's real hard. It's real hard to speak ever, period. Um, but yeah, I. it's hard to give advice on how to make friends. All I can say is befriend the people in your classes, especially if they're other international students, because people who are studying abroad, they're always looking for more people to hang out with or people to arrange to go on trips with even if it's just like a day trip or something. So hopefully you can find a group of people who are interested in adding another friend to the group. Um, and yeah, I mean, they don't have to be like a, a love connection, but like if you can get along and you can enjoy their presence for a day, then you're good and you just made yourself a new study abroad pal. Um, but anyway, mostly I just, I feel you. It's not the most fun situation to be in when you're, you're abroad and you know, like, I'm supposed to be having the time of my life and I'm not yet, you know, but don't, don't put too much pressure on yourself. You're allowed to feel homesick. You're allowed to feel a little lonely sometime. Everybody does. Um, but try to get out there, put yourself out there, find out where the students hang out and you will naturally meet some people. As far as your long distance goes, um, Distance is hard, especially this kind of situation where you know you're not going to, like, see each other. I'm assuming that your boyfriend's not going to, like, visit during your semester. One or two of my friends, while we were in France, uh, had boyfriends back home. And, you know, they just do the classic long-distance thing. You keep in touch. You FaceTime when you can, depending on the time difference. And, you know, it really goes by so much faster than you'd expect, um, but it is important not to focus on it too much. You know, don't say no to going out or doing something fun just because you want to be able to stay in and FaceTime or something. Like, really make the most of your time and then you won't be focusing on how much you miss your boyfriend or your friends or your family. You can really um, have an awesome time and you're allowed to miss them, <laughs> but don't, like, dwell on it, you know? Um, for me, I was in a long-distance relationship um, the year after I graduated high school, and um, it is tough, but for me, the best thing was focusing on my own goals. So I was focusing on how much I was working and my financial goals. I was hanging out with my friends who were still around, and I just, I tried to be like, okay, if I'm productive, I'm going to be happy. If I'm happy, he'll be happy. Like, I hope he's doing his thing. I hope he's having fun. Um, and yes, we'll, we'll keep up with each other and like FaceTime and stuff. But you have to focus on your own happiness when you're on your own, especially. I mean, all the time, honestly. But um, especially in long distance, because it's very easy to get in that kind of mindset of like, oh, I'm just so fucking sad. I miss you so much and I don't want to do anything. Um, but that's not good for you and that's not good for your significant other. Um, so just... Enjoy the next few months, you'll see each other soon, and then you're going to be so happy and the reunion's going to be very cute, and I'm crying just thinking about it. <sighs> There's your answer. I hope I helped in some way. Or maybe at least you feel comforted, because I can relate. A lot of people can relate. 
Um, all right. Wow, this next topic is exhausting. Um, I don't want to get too much into the specifics of how it started because it's just kind of mind numbing. <laughs> mind-numbingly stupid (laughs) but the beauty guru drama I don't even know what they prefer to be called these days the beauty community makeup artists beauty influencers I don't know um the people who do makeup all the time and talk about makeup all the time on YouTube um there are quite a few people with huge followings in the beauty community and they also have so much money and so many, you know, potentials for very lucrative brand deals because obviously makeup is a huge industry. Um, but I more so want to talk about, like, yeah, I guess YouTube in general. <sighs> That's what I want to talk about today, YouTube in general. But anyway, there was drama between... I'm going to name some names. You can look them up if you want in case you haven't heard about it. But if you know, then you already know the details and I don't need to tell you. Gabriel Zamora, Jeffree Star, Manny MUA, Laura Lee, and some other girl um, were involved in some beef. There was, there were tweets, there were pics. Um, the picture that someone posted on Twitter said, bitch was bitter because we're, without him, we're doing better. That's my summary. Um, so anyway, there was drama. And then, of course, people have to post apology videos, which I love. Um, So Gabriel Zamora posts one and he exposes, (laughs) he spills the tea on Manny and Laura saying that they're fake and that they're not taking responsibility for this, all this beef, whatever. You don't need to know the details. Um, But that started this tidal wave of people coming out and talking about who's fake in the beauty community, who has, you know, been cheated to, who's been lied to, who's been used for followers or for money or whatever. Love it, of course. Anybody who loves tea, this is a freaking actual tea party. This is the Boston Tea Party and we're going swimming. Um, So yes, naturally, I have been watching the videos, which I'm a little bit ashamed of because I don't even watch these beauty YouTubers anyway. Um, Like, the most I know about Jeffree Star is Shane Dawson's series about him, and I enjoyed that, but I still, I don't really watch makeup videos like that. So, um, I keep watching (laughs) mostly just these drama channels videos that are, like, summarizing the drama so that I don't have to sit through each individual 40-minute video. Um, But now people are, like, everyone is posting a video called, like, My Truth. Speaking My Truth. The truth about the beauty community. Like, <laughs> it's so funny. And um, so I've seen I've seen a couple or I've skipped through a couple. And it's like, oh, wow, okay. I don't know. Jaclyn Hill made one. Again, like, she's such a major name within people who watch the beauty community. What? She's a big name in the beauty community, but especially on YouTube. Um, and I just don't watch her videos, so it didn't matter as much to me. But um, basically, it started out with beef and fake friends and all that, and then it evolved into this these scandals about how much money that each of these YouTubers and influencers make. So somebody posted this like Instagram that was saying like, these are the rates of your favorite beauty YouTubers. Um, this is how much money they make for this type of video or that. So for a mention, like in a sponsored video, 
they can make twenty-five to fifty thousand dollars in one video, like one minute of one video. For a dedicated video, they can make sixty thousand dollars. For a video negatively discussing a competitor brand, they can get paid $70,000. And so naturally people are like, wait, what the fuck? Like as viewers, the community is shook. (laughs) I, I literally feel like a mom who just learned all of the new lingo for the internet. Um, but anyway, the community is shook because obviously like the beauty community is so much about products. Obviously, like that's the entire thing. Yes, there are tutorials and and learning skills. Sorry, keep hitting my um, pop filter. Some of it is about skills, but mostly it is about hauls, favorites. These are the products I love, hit or miss, like, you know, because people want to know out of new releases, like what's worth buying, what's worth looking into, yada, yada. Is this better than that? So I get it. Like, obviously there's a huge amount of, like, usefulness in these videos um, that a lot of people find very helpful when they're doing their makeup shopping. Again, I'm not really a big makeup consumer. Like, all of my makeup that I actually use can fit in one tiny makeup bag. Um, I'm not like other girls. I don't wear too much makeup. I'm joking. Um, but really, like, I, I am not part of the demographic, obviously. Um, But for a lot of people, they do buy a lot of makeup. And that's the problem with these YouTubers being a little bit shady about what is sponsored or what they've been paid to say. Because so many people trust these YouTubers. Like if whoever, one of these top YouTubers says, this, you know, foundation is amazing. This concealer is the best. It's worth $50. Go buy it. People will go buy it. Hundreds of thousands of people, millions of people will listen to that and go buy that. And if it is a shitty product, people are going to be pissed because they're wasting their hard-earned money buying a product that sucks and it's not what they were promised. It's not what they were told. Meanwhile, the influencer walks away, cashes that big old check, and they just keep doing that every week, you know? So you definitely get into, like, the the ethics of... Um, brand deals and sponsored videos. I mean, this is just, this is advertising. This is marketing. So it's definitely bigger than just the beauty community on YouTube. Obviously, it's always existed for as long as products have been being sold. Um, But still, like, especially on YouTube, because people think that they've got somehow this more personal, real connection with whoever they're watching, they trust them that much more. Even though they know, like you can say, this is sponsored by Maybelline, But they still, I think, subconsciously are, like, taking what you're saying pretty seriously. Like, more so seriously than they believe a commercial on television. So anyway, a lot of people are really mad, especially about people getting paid for saying something negative about a competitor brand. So let's say, I don't know, Maybelline wants to pay someone to say something negative about a competitor product. They just made a foundation brush and CoverGirl has a foundation brush. They want them to trash talk CoverGirl's foundation brush. This is all hypothetical. Um, But like, you know, that happens. Obviously, we've all seen commercials and things that um, directly compare their product to the competitor's product. They say the competitor's product sucks and ours is better. Buy ours, yay. Um, But the thing is, apparently on YouTube, according to, you know, the rules of marketing, the FTC, 
Um, you don't have to disclose if you're getting paid to say something negative about a competitor brand because you only have to disclose when you're saying something that encourages someone to buy something. So that's why if I have a video, it's sponsored by Skillshare or it's sponsored by whoever, I have to say that it's sponsored by them because I'm encouraging my audience to check out their product. If, if I were paid to talk trash on a competitor, I'm not selling that competitor's product. I'm not selling anything. I'm technically just saying, I wouldn't recommend you buy that. Therefore, I wouldn't have to disclose that it's sponsored or paid for by anyone. Which is crazy though, because um, there's just, there's a lot of drama and stuff and people just, they don't know what to believe anymore. And really, it makes sense. Like if you, let's say you're looking into a lipstick, you're checking it out, it's new, you find a bunch of your favorite beauty gurus have made a video about it saying, oh, this is trash, like it's horrible, the application's bad, the color's bad, don't buy it. Okay, you won't buy it, but um, it could be a decent product. They could just be being paid low-key to say that it's bad. But I will say, more often than, than otherwise, most brand deals and sponsorships, as far as I am aware of, um, are encouraging someone to buy a particular product. Therefore, they have to be disclosed. Um, so that's kind of good. I would say like the majority of, you know, things that you see on YouTube are disclosed. So you you already know, obviously, as a viewer, you hear them say, this is sponsored by, this is brought to you by, this is a collaboration with, whatever. Um, I mean, it gets a little bit more dicey when it comes to everything about like PR, like getting sent something for free for free, you know, like how do we, how do we know if someone's not being sent something and also getting paid, but they want them to just pretend like they just got sent it and they're just trying it out. It's very shady. Um, there's a girl who made a really great series about this who actually works in marketing. Her YouTube channel is called Pretty Pastel Please. She usually makes videos with like fast fashion hauls, which I'm really not down for, but she has a pet parrot named Archie. Um, so that's a win. Um, anyway, yeah, I, d I don't really like, I mean, I'll watch her other videos, but like I spent $900 at ASOS. Like, no, I don't want to support videos that do that. Like she seems like a really smart, cool girl, but like, I think she just needs to watch, watch the true cost and stop sipping the Kool-Aid. Um, <laughs> Don't sip the Kool-Aid of the fast fashion industry. Don't sip the Kool-Aid of these cheap brands. Like, I know you can get a shit ton of views for trying out Korean fashion. I mean, I don't know if that's necessarily cheap just by the thumbnail, but I'm assuming it is. When people do these hundreds of dollars of whatever, it's like, obviously, they're buying really cheap clothes or more likely not even buying it themselves. They're being sent it or they, they're being paid to try out Boohoo or fucking Wish or whatever. I'm just like, don't do it. I love it. I love that these videos are like, I spent $800 on this. Is it a scam? And it's like, I love that people will watch those videos. Like the items are so hit or miss and they'll still be like, hmm, I'm willing to maybe get scammed. <laughs> You've convinced me this is worth possibly wasting money on. I'll spend $100 and half the items will be shitty and unwearable and unreturnable, basically. Um, but I, I'm, I'm willing to risk that, you know? 
But anyway, that's totally off track. Her name is Pretty Pastel Please, and she made um, three great videos about all of these different things, like getting paid for negative reviews, how you can charge $60,000 for a sponsored post if you're getting regularly like a million views minimum, um, especially in the makeup industry because they can be paid higher. Anyway, <laughs> uh, her, her videos on that were really great and I appreciated those. So if you're interested in this, check it out. She said a lot of great things about it. Um, but yeah, it's just like, it made me think about um, my own sponsorships because basically to survive as a YouTuber or an influencer, like you have to get paid somehow. And you know, everybody knows AdSense kind of ain't shit. So, you know, people make the majority of their money through brand deals. And you do have to be very strategic. Obviously, everyone tries to find something that at least is a good fit for some of their audience or the majority of their audience. Um, but I was thinking about like, I have been doing a lot of sponsorships lately, which is great. First of all, I want to say thank you to all of you because I haven't gotten any negative uh, comments or any comments at all about, you know, the number of sponsored videos I've been doing, um, which is great because I've seen I've seen a lot of people who, you know, they'll do, you know, a couple sponsorships every other video or back to back and people go, everything you post is sponsored. You only come here to post a sponsored video. And it's like, um, so, you know, I'm glad because I need the money. I got to pay my bills and sponsorship deals don't come super regularly for me. But for some reason over the summer, I was getting a lot of offers all at once. So I had to try to plan out my schedule so that it wasn't like a hundred percent sponsored. Um, but still, I, I don't think, I don't think my audience, because you guys are like, you guys are adults, you get it. Um, I don't think you guys mind too much, like a 45 second to 90 second little mention. Like, I don't think it's too annoying, um, especially within like a 10 to 15 minute video. Like, it's really not that much um, of a, a brand shout out. It's just an ad read, basically. Um, but anyway, what was my point? Oh, I like that... I'm selling, or not selling, I'm being sponsored by, for example, I've done a bunch of collaborations with Skillshare recently, and I like doing that kind of integration because they're offering a free trial, two-month free trial, so if my audience does get impacted, influenced by my ad read, they're like, oh, cool, I'll check out Skillshare, they aren't going to lose any money. They get to try out Skillshare for a good amount of time. And then if they would like to continue, they can make the choice whether they want to, you know, have the paid subscription. And I like that because there's no chance of my audience getting swindled. You know, like when you get when you get sponsored by a company or a product and then your audience decides to try it out and pay for it, they've already spent the money. They get the product and maybe you said it was great and then they don't think it's great it's possible they're losing money or they're going to have to go through the hassle of, you know, trying to get a refund and returning it. Um, so I do, I do really like doing sponsorship, sponsored ships. <laughs> I like doing sponsorships that are for either services that you can get a free trial for, especially, or free things. Like I've done, I think I've done a couple sponsorships over the years for apps 
like free apps, like whatever they are, whether it's a game or like some useful tool. But that's another one that I like because it's like there is no risk for my audience. Like maybe they'll download an app and then delete it, but like that doesn't hurt them. They don't end up wasting money. And I think that's something that's really important to me is um, protecting my audience and really making sure I'm not just like shilling out products that I don't really believe in. Um, but yeah, again, like, even if I were, like, obviously, my, my position in life and the things that I've talked about in videos, I'm very, oh, shit, the, the movie stopped recording. Hold on a second. Oh, ow. Hey. Um, I have talked so much about, you know, my opinions on different things. Like, I have spoken out against, obviously, like certain types of products or fast fashion or all these different industries like of course I've gotten emails from like Zaffle or all of those Chinese like websites offering to send me hundreds of dollars of free clothes and then pay me for a video and I just obviously delete them because <laughs> it would be the worst thing for me and my channel and my integrity if I were to come through and be like hey guys I've got I spent $400 on Zaffle is it a scam like you guys would unsubscribe so fast because you'd be like, what the fuck, Tiffany? Like, this is clearly inauthentic. This is disingenuous. How dare you, like, be sponsored by and help sell something that you have actively spoken against, you know? So, you know, I've talked about that. And I'm not a very materialistic person anyway. Like, I wouldn't say I'm a minimalist, even though my room feels like one right now. Um, but I am... I do try to err on the side of minimalism um, because I wouldn't say I'm a very consumer, consumerist. No, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just not, I'm not huge on shopping in general. Um, or if I do shop a lot, I'll like go on a little thrift spree. So that's a little bit more sustainable, but that's it. Like I care about sustainability. I know I'm not perfect. But, like, any kind of deals that I do, they have to align with my beliefs. I mean, that should be obvious for anybody. Your beliefs have to align with the company beliefs. And ideally, you know, that works out best for everyone, obviously. If I worked with a really dope, vegan, ethical company that had affordable whatevers, like, I'm sure my audience would be into it for the most part because my audience for the, for, a, I don't know, a majority or a portion share the same values as me. <laughs> so anyway, um, yeah, I've just been, just been thinking about making that coin, you know, because I definitely, I think we've gotten past the point where people shame YouTubers for being sponsored. There was a good time, you know, a couple years back where sponsorships really started to kick up and people got sick of it. Like, like the audience was angry and people would be like, oh, a sponsored video? Wow, you've really sold out. And even me, I think I, oh my God, if I have a video up about that, I'm gonna cringe so hard. Um, I feel like I've made a video about like YouTubers selling out. Let me check. Because I think back in the day, like, I was a little bit annoyed by it, and I don't really know why. I would have to see if I actually ended up making that video. But anyway, um, yeah, back in the day, it was like, 
we just weren't used to seeing sponsorships. And also it depends on how it's done because I think people are a lot more tolerant of, again, mentions. Like if, if you're keeping it less than a minute and a half or two minutes at the most out of a whole video, I don't think people are that bothered by it, especially if you can find a way to like make it somewhat interesting and relevant. Um, but for like dedicated videos where it's like, this is a review of one thing. That's when people are like, oh, cool. I'm not going to watch this video. Great. Glad I'm subscribed to you. Like just selling me stuff. You really have to make sure like the content is still there and that, you know, your videos aren't harmed by that integration of a product. You know, it really shouldn't, it shouldn't hurt any more than, you know, commercials when you're watching TV or ads that roll during a YouTube video anyway, you know? At least that's my opinion. But I'm definitely coming from this side of it, and I understand why viewers who either don't make videos or don't get paid to make videos can get, you know, bothered by it. I totally understand. Even I get a little bothered when I'm watching someone I like, and, you know, it's just a little too spawns, you know? Um, but that's that's just where we are, and we we have to adapt this is kind of a new world you know this is the direction that advertising is going um i don't know <laughs> that's that all right let's take a little pause because i need to breathe some air and we'll come right back and chit chat um oh now i kind of want to talk about that jake paul video yeah we'll be right back in a sec <laughs> We're back. Okay, I want to jump right into Nerd City's latest video called Parents' Worst Nightmare, Jake Paul. It is a 43-minute video. It's like a video essay, expose kind of thing. I love this genre on YouTube where people really go into um, analyzing either other YouTubers' content or anything in general. Um, video essays are just really awesome. I guess I wouldn't, I don't know if I would call this a video essay, but it's incredible. Like, it's very high quality, really well put together. Um, but I saw it on Twitter initially, which is where I hear of everything. Um, but people were just saying, like, holy shit, this is the best video I've watched this year. Like, this is so spot on. Um, so basically, it is... It says, Jake Paul content is illegal to broadcast in the US, UK, and EU. Look inside the mind and merch operation of a social media something. Um, I, I hadn't seen any Nerd City videos prior to this, but um, this one focuses on Jake Paul, and there are like three or four main points of why um, Jake Paul is obviously <laughs> making content that children should not be watching. Um, I mean, you know, there's been so much content, you know, analyzing or critiquing the Paul brothers, obviously, because they're just so fucking <sighs> exhausting. But I think, I think it's funny because so many people, such as myself, like, I know Jake and Logan Paul suck. I know their videos suck. Um, I don't know why millions of people, mostly children, watch them, um, but me as a 22-year-old adult, I cannot spend even 10 minutes of my time sitting through a Jake Paul video. Um, but this video is really good because it includes so many clips of Jake Paul's actual videos so that you can really get a taste of, 
exactly what he's doing because it's different when somebody's saying like, oh, this is what he does in his videos versus seeing it yourself. It's very shocking. So the first point is um, advertising to children. And Jake Paul likes to say that his audience is between eight and like 14 or 16. And it's like, dude, how old are you? Like if my audience was eight year olds, I don't even, <laughs> I don't even know how that happens and how that feels to be making content for eight year olds. And like, you're not Steve from Blue's Clues, you know? Like, how are you making YouTube videos and thinking that you're dope when you make content for children? But anyway, whatever. Um, it gets worse. So really, Jake has millions and millions of fans who are much younger than eight years old. And it goes down to even like toddlers. Somehow young, young children have fallen in love with Jake Paul and his content. Um, because obviously it's so immature and it caters toward just immature viewers, like literally mentally immature. Um, but Another huge problem, which is like the first thing they talk about, is the fact that he is constantly selling his merch or his tours to these children. So um, it showed it showed a part in the video where it goes through like one Jake Paul vlog. It's like a 13, 14 minute vlog. And it highlights the sections of the videos where he's discussing um, his merch or he's discussing a music video or he's discussing his tour that's selling tickets. Um, and it's crazy how repetitive he is about <laughs> mentioning these things because obviously the typical YouTuber, they're like, oh, hey guys, just want to remind you, like, I've got merch for sale. It's in the description. I'm going on tour. Like, you know, it can take 30 seconds to a minute, but they'd only mention it like once and then they'd move on with the video, maybe mention it again quickly at the end of the video. But it shows clips of him just going over and over and over, repeating the words um, which has been proven, you know, psychologically to work with children in convincing them that they want something. So he'll just go like, he's like, yo, I'm sitting here with my dog. You know, we're going on tour. It's going to be really cool when we go on tour. You guys should check out the tickets to our tour. The dog would like to go on tour with us. So make sure you guys check out the tour. Literally like that. Um, so obviously the kid's watching the video on his little iPad and he's like, tour tour Jake Paul's going on tour mom um and then he's like yo what's up I'm wearing my merch like we got all this new merch 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 go to fanjoy.co like literally it's non-stop him repeating himself over and over merch 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 music video tour um so it goes through the whole video out of this 13 or 14 minute video a full seven minutes is about his merch tour or music videos. So essentially he is selling for over 50% of the video. It is absolutely ridiculous. It is insane. Um, but yeah, that video is so good. I sat through the entire thing. It's 44 minutes, but it's high quality content. So again, it's called Parents Worst Nightmare Jake Paul by Nerd City. Um, but yeah, there's so much more that goes into it, like disturbing, like way too sexual content, especially for any children to be watching weird, like incesty kind of stuff. Like he involves his family in these very sexual videos and concepts way too often. Um, the fact that his merch is stolen mostly from clip art. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot. And I just, I just think about that and I'm like, okay, this is obviously the worst example of like YouTubers only caring about money and only selling. Um, but the 
the funny thing is like Jake Paul doesn't do sponsorships. I I'm sure. Um, I mean, even if he could get sponsored, I don't know. I'm I'm sure a lot of companies would be willing because he gets crazy amounts of views. But um, he doesn't need sponsorships because he's making millions selling merch and tickets to literal children, and being extremely manipulative. But it's like I just don't know. I don't know how like a sane like, not evil adult person could be like, yeah, I made $50 million selling shit to kids. I'm fucking dope. I live in LA. Like, I get all these girls. You're, like, you're flexing that you, like, convinced children to buy things and that the huge majority of your audience and viewership is actual literal children who are in, like, elementary school. Dude, it's... It is really, really fascinating, but also, like, really scary. Like, I would I would be very worried if I were a parent. And even, like, you know, I have young cousins, you know? Like, I'm thinking about any children I know at all, and I'm like, I do not want any children to watch these videos. They're really horrible. Oh, yeah, there's another part where apparently Jake went into making horror videos, and um, you can see it for yourself in the video, but basically they... They posted a series of videos where these, like, killer clowns are breaking into the house and kidnapping them and saying that they're going to kill Jake Paul. And a bunch of kids made response videos who actually believed that Jake Paul was kidnapped and was going to be murdered. And, like, they think that that's entertainment. They think that that's a video that's okay to post on YouTube, let alone direct it toward and cater to your young, young audience who clearly can't tell the difference between you know, reality and a video or a prank. It makes me so angry, dude. It's just like, it's absolutely despicable. It's crazy. People will do anything. They will do fucking anything for views. And it's very gross. They're so dumb. (laughs) Anyway, I'm like looking at even just like a list of their videos. And it's just like, ugh, it's so stupid. Like, don't watch this with your parents. Like, a girl in, like, a bathing suit or naked or whatever. It's just like, oh my god, I need to, I need to delete this. Bye, bye. (laughs) Delete as in close the tab. So anyway, um, oh wow, here's the next big thing. I wanted to talk about the whole Colin Kaepernick and Nike situation. So really, it's not a situation. Nike has Colin Kaepernick in their latest ad or, you know, he's an ambassador or something for the brand. Um, let me look up the, um, Kaepernick. Let me look up the ad. Okay, so there's one ad where it's just Kaepernick's face close up, believe in something, even if it means sacrificing everything, just do it. You know, clearly that's referring to Kaepernick's, um, protests and his taking a knee, you know, during NFL football games during the national anthem because he's protesting against racial injustice and police brutality, especially against black people in America. Um, So, you know, this has been a scandal, a scandal to some. It's been a controversial issue, you know, over the last two years since he first did it. Um, And I just, the false outrage by conservatives who think that, I mean, okay, I... I almost get what they're saying. Um, so, the, the, I mean, the issue is he decided to protest peacefully during games, 
just by taking a knee during the national anthem. But of course, the super uber patriotic people are like, wow, that's so, so disrespectful to our military and our veterans. How dare you? Blah, blah, blah. Um, Even though many, many veterans have um, supported Kaepernick or even talked with him, the person who initially convinced him to take a knee instead of just sitting during the national anthem was a Green Beret, I believe. Um, yes, an ex-Green Beret. Yeah. Yeah, he said, he said, you know, kneeling is a sign of respect, especially, you know, in the military, if there's a fallen soldier, you know, everyone will kneel. Like, you get on your knee as a sign of respect. So, um, Kaepernick took that advice, and that's why he had been taking a knee ever since. But, um, still, you know, these angry conservatives just say, like, it's the most anti-American thing you can do. It's disgusting that NFL allows him to do this, whatever. I can't, I can't explain their thought process because I don't believe in it. Um, I obviously, like, I just don't get how you take that perspective and then try to pretend like you're not a bit racist You know, like saying the very least, because if you think that someone protesting against people, unarmed black people getting killed by police, um, if you think that that problem is not worthy of peaceful protest, sorry, but that sounds like something a racist would think, you know, oh, you could care less about, you know, black people getting killed for no reason and there being no justice and there being no action taken against the police officers who are doing it. Um, but you care about the flag. You gotta respect the flag. I'm just like, no, I get it. I, I get it. Except I don't. Um, I, I understand that there are people who are much more patriotic than I am. I like the United States. I'm glad to be an American. Am I proud to be an American all the time? No. <laughs> I can recognize the faults in our country. I can recognize institutional racism and all of these systemic problems that we have. I don't respect all of that. I am not proud of all of that. And I think you have to be realistic. You can love this country. You can love being American, but also recognize um, all of these problems and want them to change. But being blindly patriotic and, you know, (laughs) making fun of people who protest, I don't think that's patriotic. Like, saying that somebody shouldn't be allowed to peacefully protest? How is that patriotic? Anyway, I have lots of questions. Would love to hear it from, you know, somebody who has that stance where Kaepernick is wrong in this situation. Um, but anyway, I just I just don't believe. And for any of you who may be conservative, I'm not saying all conservatives, but I'm saying, you know, on this particular issue, there are two sides. One side, you know, believes in peaceful prose- protest, and you may not even agree with... Kaepernick, sorry, my my music started playing in my ear. You may not believe exactly what Kaepernick is saying, or maybe you don't exactly agree with the way that he's doing it, but to to outright, I don't even know what I'm saying. Never mind. Um, basically, conservatives who don't like this this Nike ad specifically, they think that it's wrong that Nike got all political, especially with this America hater who dares to kneel during the the pledge, no, the national anthem. I'm sorry, I make fun of it, but it's like, do we really have to sing this song every time there's a sports game? 
like I get that people are like it's uh, it's respect for our military and our veterans but I'm like what place does that have in our sports if our sports are for entertainment which these same people say they're like keep politics out of sports then why do we have to have like this crazy showy demonstration of patriotism um at every single sporting event I just don't get it. It's not a tradition that I think we need. I don't think it's a, tr- a tradition that helps the country. I don't think it makes anybody more patriotic by repeatedly singing the national anthem wrong, <laughs> you know? But anyway, that's just my opinion. Um, so conservatives who hate this Nike ad are boycotting Nike and they are burning their own shoes and Nike products, which is like the funniest thing to happen on the internet in a good amount of time to watch videos of people like, hey, Nike, this is because of the Kaepernick ad. How dare you? I I used to buy a lot of your clothes, a lot of your shoes, and now you're losing my support. I'm sorry for the accent. It's very stereotypical. Not all of these people have a heavy Southern accent and having a Southern accent doesn't make you this person but whatever it makes it funnier for me (laughs) so anyway they're like throwing their nikes into fire or just like burning their shoes in their backyard it is so funny um even though it's you know the sign it's a sign that they are very um probably racist yeah i'm gonna say that again yep yep i mean try to explain to me how you could be so okay i can i can understand you disagreeing with kaepernick on this issue i can understand that you want to respect the national anthem okay but if you think that okay having kaepernick in this nike ad believe in something even if it means sacrificing everything can you agree he is sacrificing everything like he's i don't know exactly what's i haven't been keeping up with what happened with him in the nfl i'm pretty sure he's suspended or something but like can't you agree he has sacrificed everything for this protest because this issue matters to him. But anyway, um, I can understand somebody disagreeing on some level with that. But like, if seeing him in an ad makes you so angry that you're now going to burn your products, mm, like this just doesn't add up. That's just not like a logical thing. Like maybe you'd say, all right, I'm not going to buy any more Nike products. Okay, sure. But like burning your own things, like you're playing yourself. You're literally wasting your own coin. Okay. Not only is it like super wasteful, but like you're just, (laughs) okay, sure. Anyway, it's been very funny. Um, even though it is a signal that it's sad and there is a lot of, um, a lot of divide in this country, even when Nike makes a a political-esque ad. Um, Of course, everything's got to cause division. But I mean, do I laugh at grown men cutting the tops of their socks off to take away the Nike logo? Of course. It's hilarious, dude. Like, I know everything is highly politicized right now. People are pretty tired of, you know, everything being political, but that's just where we are right now, you know? We're at a very divided time, and obviously the midterms are coming up, and, you know, half the country is scared that Trump will get reelected, and half of them are hoping that Trump will be reelected. Everything is political right now. You can't get mad at a company for, you know, using that, because obviously it's a very powerful ad. 
it's definitely gotten a million times more attention than if they were to do some safe neutral ad, you know, like they usually do. And Nike, Nike's a pretty liberal company. I mean, I don't know much about them, but they have the, um, the Nike hijabs, hijabs. Am I really that dumb that I don't know how to pronounce this? Hijab, hijab. I don't think I've ever really said that out loud. And I'm just now realizing it, and I'm actually blushing right now, so I'm really sorry to any of you um, who are offended by my lack of pronunciation knowledge. Hijab. Hijab. What? I've heard this on video. Am I actually insane? Hijab. Is that right? I'm sweating. Anyway, Nike has made um, more conservative options for people who have different religious or cultural beliefs. So anyway, I don't know. I don't know why people are so, like, shocked. But we're definitely in the very middle of this, like, canceled culture. We're in the middle of this, like, oh, a company doesn't align exactly with my beliefs, so I'm going to boycott them. Sorry, my my bangs. Why can't they just stay, like, where they're supposed to? I'm growing out my bangs, and it's, like, the hardest thing ever. And my forehead's breaking out. Anyway. Um, yeah, I've talked about this with Nathan, which, by the way, it's Nathan's birthday today, September 7th. Everybody wish him a happy birthday. He's 26. That's crazy. Happy birthday, Nathan. See you in a couple hours. Um, anyway, <laughs> we've been talking about this. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm tired of canceled culture. As funny as it is to see on Twitter, somebody makes a mistake or they get exposed or whatever. And everybody's like, they're canceled. It's like, I don't think we should be so quick to jump the gun, so to speak, and, like, try to delete somebody off the um, face of the earth for one mistake. I mean, obviously, there are some things, like, Weinstein canceled, obviously. But, like, you know, for for minor indiscretions or somebody misspoke or maybe they said something kind of prejudiced or... I mean, I don't know. I'm not going to draw the line here, but, like... I don't think we should be so quick to cancel people. On that same note, it's kind of become this thing where, you know, like a couple of months back when a bunch of companies cut ties with the NRA, you know, if they had previously been offering discounts or whatever, um, and then they just realized this wasn't a good time for their company to be associated with the NRA, you know, with all the shootings that our country is plagued by. Um, they just thought it was a safer move or whatever. Whether it was for good PR or bad PR or just cover their own asses, who knows? Um, or maybe a genuine concern about shootings. I don't know. Um, so there were a lot of, like, liberals who were like, yay, you know, left-wing, whatever, who were, like, glad that these companies were cutting ties with the NRA. And then, of course, there are lots of conservatives or right-wing people who were like, wow, it's so cowardly for these companies to cater to the lib, the libtards. <laughs> Have you ever seen a conservative just write out the word liberal? No, they all write libtard, which makes me cringe, obviously, because who still says, let alone writes the R word, um, just because that's deeply insensitive to anyone with um, mental disabilities or any kind of learning disabilities or anything. But anyway, the fact that conservatives... Some, I mean, the the worst, the worst Republicans or the worst conservatives, whatever. The people who say libtards are the worst. I think we can all agree on that, can't we? Um, 
Anyway, they'll be like, the liberals are triggered, the snowflakes, the snowflakes are triggered, and they're forcing companies to, to break ties with the NRA. And I'm like, yeah, that's how it is. Sorry. And then um, I saw something uh, the other day shared by a conservative high school peer, which, by the way, I'm like, why do I still even check Facebook? Because I think I'm like the only... Well, I don't know. Like, I think the most local thing about me is that I still use Facebook. Like, that's definitely my biggest vice. I I regularly check Facebook and, like, I'll share articles. Like, the only things that are really posted on my profile are articles and things that I've shared or videos of news-related things that I've shared, mostly. You know, I may share, like, a cute dog video once in a while, but whatever. Um... So I went on Facebook and I hadn't even heard of this like in and out thing, but apparently like in and out in California has been, you know, um, contributing some money to the Republicans or something. Let me check this out. Um, so then some people, I guess some liberals were like, oh, I guess maybe I'll want to reconsider um, going to in and out. I don't really want my money to indirectly feed the Republicans or the GOP, whatever. So, okay, the news things say, <laughs> what? In-N-Out, In-N-Out Burger donates $25,000 to Republican Party, prompting Democrats to demand boycott. But I'm like, who did this? Who did this? Because I haven't heard of anyone doing this, you know? Like, that's what I love when you see when you see a news article where, like, people are like, oh, the liberals are boycotting In-N-Out. And I'm like, I know very many liberals who love In-N-Out, and I have not heard one word of this, you know? <laughs> it's like, who is actually doing this? Um, but anyway, maybe, I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't surprise me. There's always somebody when any company comes out as, like, outright supporting one side or the other. There are always people who are like, oh, I don't want to support that company anymore. And, you know, whatever, that's your choice. Um... But anyway, apparently some people wanted to boycott in and out whatever. So I saw my Republican peer on Facebook, like, be like, ha liberals, because he shared this thing where, I guess, after some Democrats said that they would boycott in and out that a bunch of Republicans swarmed in and out to make sure to make up and give them extra business. So then in and out looked like it was popping, apparently, according to this article. It could have been a picture from any time. Like, it wasn't like people were holding signs like, Republicans for in and out It was just like a busy in and out But anyway. Um, <laughs> it's just like, I get it, because like, like, I think about Chick-fil-A, and I'm like, I probably shouldn't support Chick-fil-A, because obviously the only things I can eat there are like, fries, but their waffle fries are really good. And that is the only thing I would buy at Chick-fil-A. But like, you know, what does a vegan have to do at Chick-fil-A? Not much. But obviously people are concerned with, um, you know, Chick-fil-A's conservative views and it's very like religious driven and it has, um, the CEO has condemned gay marriage and there have been, you know, reports that they fund basically anti-gay organizations. So obviously people have a problem with that and they're like, hey, maybe I'm not going to go to Chick-fil-A. Maybe I'll get my chicken elsewhere uh, or my, you know, potato fries, waffle fries. <laughs> I'm losing my mind. <sighs> but anyway, um, yeah, I don't know. You can decide to shop or eat based on your political views, but I think it's getting, 
it's getting a little out of hand. And I don't think we should be so quick to be like, I'm going to boycott this company because they support this one thing or one of their top executives or maybe even their CEO funds this. Like, I don't know, because that just kind of contributes to more and more division. And again, I get voting with your dollar is very important. So like, I, I, I definitely recommend spending your money at places that you believe in. And again, places and companies and products that align with your personal beliefs. That's great. Vote with your dollar. Um, at the same time, I don't know. Don't, don't go crazy making a huge statement about boycotting everything. Because I think that's just such a general statement. And I guess it is too quick for me to be like, oh, like... I don't know. I'm really tired. Make your own make your own choices. I totally respect everybody, except people who say libtard. All right, we've crossed the one hour mark. I'm really tired and I need to drink more water. If you guys enjoyed this episode, make sure you please leave a comment. Hopefully you haven't left already. Most of you have by now. I get it. Um, and also a reminder to please leave a review on iTunes. It's been a little while since I've gotten many reviews on there. Um, please leave a review, especially if you like me. That'd be really, really nice of you. Say what you like about the pod, and I hope I will make some more great content for you soon. Okay, I really have to go. Thank you guys. K, thanks. Bye!